Homeschooling isn't just about education. It's about your kids, it's about your family, and it's about a lifestyle. Hi, my name is Jackie and I'm the founder of Homeschool Think Tank. The Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast is about community, family, education, and life. I believe that these are the things that matter to homeschool families. Tune in each week and let's talk. I'll bring you a message from my heart, an expert interview, or an interview with the ultimate homeschooling experts, homeschool families like yours. Remember to check the link in the show notes below and you'll find an article that corresponds with this episode. Finally, remember to visit homeschoolthinktank.com for more information about how we serve homeschooling families. All right, let's get started with this week's episode. So in today's podcast episode, you are going to hear a coaching session that I did with homeschooling mom, Alyssa Wolf. And when you hear her voice, you might remember her. She has actually been a guest on the podcast in the past. So with Alyssa's permission, I am sharing this coaching session. I would not share that without a client's express permission. But the reason I asked for her permission is because this coaching session is one that I believe can help many homeschooling parents. Now, this was actually my first coaching session that I did with somebody who is not already a certified life coach or who is not also working on becoming a life coach. And I am only acquainted with Alyssa through her being a guest on the podcast. I don't know her personally at all. So while I can pinpoint mistakes that I, as the coach, made during the coaching session, and even as I coached her, I could recognize a few challenges that I had as a coach At the end of the call, I did ask her how she felt about the coaching session and she really felt that this was transformational and that it could help her kids in other subject areas and help her with her other kids as well, not just the one child that she was referencing in this session. So what I want to help you see is what coaching is about, what it looks like, and how it can help you. This is just one example of how a coaching session can help you. So if you choose to sign up for a coaching session with me, you can bring any problem or any dream to the session. So if there's something you're trying to achieve, a goal that you're trying to achieve, you could bring that or you could bring a problem. Now in this instance, Alyssa did bring a problem that was very specific to homeschooling, which is why I think you'll find this so helpful. However, while I specialize in serving homeschooling parents, you can bring anything to the session, homeschool related or not, and we can work through whatever is on your mind. I do want to mention that my audio is not quite up to par in this episode because I was not using the microphone I normally use for podcasting because I didn't actually think I would be sharing this episode with anyone. So please excuse that. 
Also, you may have noticed I am podcasting in a new setup right now, and it's a little echoey still, so I intend to get that fixed soon. Finally, I do want to mention that there may be a few longer pauses than normal in this episode because it is a coaching session and as part of coaching you sometimes just need to give a client space and time to think for a moment. All right, I hope that you find this coaching session helpful and I hope that you can apply what you learn from this in your own life. And here's my coaching session with Alyssa Wolf. So what can I help you with today? I think um, mindset on worrying about elementary grade schoolers and whether I am letting them slide too much or I need to let go and say, it's not about schooling. They'll learn it when they need to. So your mindset on elementary grade schoolers now, because I do know something about you, meaning your kids and homeschooling, right? Yes. Specifically, um, I have an eight-year-old. He doesn't spell very well, but I haven't criticized his spelling yet. So he'll write for me, but it has a bunch of really basic spelling errors. Um, so I haven't done, I haven't given him spelling lessons, haven't given him spelling tests. And I wasn't sure if I should be just saying, it's great, he's writing, he's learning how to do stuff, he will catch back up on that, you know, in a couple of years, or no, I need to give him another subject kind of a thing and start correcting every sentence he gives me when he's just (laughs) writing for fun, you know. Okay, so you have an eight-year-old who doesn't spell well. Can you give me an example that happened recently? Yes. Yesterday, he said, I know how to write my name. He wrote it in his handwriting book to protest the assignment, which was writing his name. Uh, he does know how to write his name in printing. It was a cursive book. So I appreciated his sentiment. However, it said, I know, N-O-W, how to write R-I-T, my name, N-O-M. <laughs> Okay, so he wrote. So that was ironic. <laughs> I know how to write my name. So there were misspellings. Yes. Okay, so when your eight year old wrote, I know how to write my name, but spelled it incorrectly, how did you feel about that? My first reaction was to laugh because he's saying he knows how to write his name and what he spelled clearly isn't. But I understood that he he meant I shouldn't have to write out my name. And it was a misunderstanding of they meant he wanted you to practice your name in cursive versus printing. Mm -hmm. So then it was mostly going, okay, am I letting him skate way too much or this is fine because he likes to do work unusually. He'll say, I want six pages of math. I'm not going to do each subject every day. So he likes to plunge into subjects at a time. And then after a couple of months, he skips and goes to another subject and work on the sofa. And very much not, I will sit down, you know, with my school book and just do this one, then this one, then this one. Okay. So getting back to the actual spelling on, I know how to write my name. He misspelled it, 
So when you laughed, did you find, was that laugh from, how did you actually feel? What caused the laugh for you? Like if you were going to describe your feeling from, I know how to write my name. You're thinking, I know, I know how to write my name. He misspelled it. What feeling did you have when you thought, when you think that? Even like now. I think that was the kind of the pure amusement of the parent realizing you just totally missed the foundational thing. (laughs) So you felt amused. And then what, what did you do? Then I explained to him that they meant a cursive, not a printing. And he said, well, I don't know how to do that. And I said, I know. So here's how to write your name in cursive if you want to do that next time they ask you. Okay, so... It seems to me we have two different subjects going on here. We have handwriting, cursive, and we have spelling. Yes, that Which the cursive would, was just the example. The, the cursive would, was the example, but it's the spelling the you're, you're most concerned about yeah. at this time. It's the spelling more than the cursive. So let's focus on the actual spelling part. So you told him this isn't how you spell it or did you you told him your name but you didn't comment on the spelling i focused on the cursive part since it was in for the cursive subject okay Um, so you focused on that but your thought was really around the actual spelling more than the actual cursive because i had not assigned him a spelling subject this year Mm -hmm. i was going to hold off because i didn't want him to fight me on school re-entry and so far it was working well then it was the whole am i doing a bad job as a homeschooling mother not getting after him okay (laughs) so Your thought around the, am I doing a bad job as a homeschooling mom? Maybe we could explore that if you book another session, but let's, excuse me, but let's stay on the, and I'm actually going to write that down real quick. But let's stay focused on the actual spelling for a moment. So the spelling, what, you, you say you did not correct him on his misspellings or point it out. Is that what you told me earlier? Yes. Okay. So you didn't do that. So is there anything else you didn't do? I don't think so. No, I just. Okay went back to the subject at hand basically and filed a mental note to revisit the spelling spelling. Okay. Now, is there anything else that you did do around the spelling component? Um, not really last year. He was definitely not in a place to want to get a whole bunch of subjects. So I was focusing on the basic, um, rules of grammar and the multiplication tables and division and wanted to get him set foundationally. for that and I kind of thought this year we would see how much of an ordinary quote-unquote workload he would handle while still trying to adjust Mm -hmm. and not put my expectations on him yeah so what else went on in your mind when you noticed that 
what else were you, let me think here. You took, you said you took a mental note to address the spelling later. So did you have ideas on what you might do later? Two, one was give him an entire spelling book. So like add to his daily workload. This is a spelling lesson. We will go through everything. And the mm -hmm. other one was maybe I could just get a really low level list of basic words and have him study that. So not the spelling book portion, but like the spelling test portion. Okay. So So when we come to the spelling, when you're thinking, I have an eight-year-old who doesn't spell well. You felt a little bit amused and you chose in the moment to not address the spelling issue. You just laughed a little bit. And you, but you also took a mental note of, I'm going to address this later. So for you, basically the way this is panning out right now is you knew you were coming to this coaching session and this is, am I right in saying this is what you wanted to bring to this is this specific thing. So you are dealing with it. You're, you're, you're continuing to figure it out and think about it. So. Um, when it comes to spelling for your son, what would you rather think uh, rather than he, I, he doesn't spell well? Well, I, yeah. I guess I would rather think he has age appropriate skills, not that he has to spell every word correctly, but that maybe half to two thirds of his words are spelled correctly instead of most of them being spelled wrong due to his best guess phonetically. So what makes you think that his spelling is not age appropriate? That I don't know because I don't really remember. His sisters are rather older than he is. So okay. they're girls they took to academics and but they didn't want to write. So he's happy to write. He just doesn't spell. So I, yes, I'm not remembering because his the one sister is 13 and 13 and eight. It's, it's been a little while. Okay. <laughs> so that's one thing you'd rather think is he has age appropriate spelling. Is there anything else you'd rather think around his spelling? If I was going for out of the box thinking, I could think I'm glad that he thinks it's fun writing me sentences and stories, even if he doesn't spell them correctly. He has that foundation or he hasn't learned to dislike writing yet. And when my other daughters very much does. So you can't get her to write anything. She'll do abbreviations, she'll do initials, she'll write a two sentence thing instead of an essay saying, this is stupid, I hate it. <laughs> you know, she may be okay. able to spell well, but she won't write. And he... We, we got a silly boy oriented spelling grant or not spelling writing book. And he will write the stories about what my poop looked like yesterday. You know, that mm -hmm. kind of topic. He'll write, you know, five sentences about that. He doesn't care. <laughs> okay. So are there any other thoughts that you would, that 
if you're thinking about your son's spelling that you would want to think. Hmm. I'm not sure if this falls within your, what you're asking for, but I would want him to think that it's okay that he didn't know how to spell something correctly the first time that it's something easy to fix and happens to lots of people. Like it's, it's not a big deal. It's not something to melt down perfectionist way and Mm -hmm. say, Oh shoot, I can't do it. It's just a little, a little thing. Okay. Let's see if we can come up with one other thought. Just one other thing that you might prefer to think around his spelling. Well, if I was going purely on what would be easiest for me, I would prefer to think that this is one of those places where as a homeschool mom, you don't have to worry quite so much about ticking off all the check boxes, you know, and say when he's interested in learning how to spell correctly, he will. He picks up all kinds of things when he's interested. And right now he's interested in multiplication and division and writing silly stories about poop. And that is plenty good enough. That is lots of learning, you know, and it is definitely age appropriate to write and memorize multiplication tables. And he doesn't seem to be even putting in much effort to do that. And he's doing well at it. So there's nothing wrong with his brain, you know? All right. So I said, I want to review some of the, what we've talked about here. So when we started this call, you're Your thought was, I have an eight-year-old who doesn't spell well. Um, When he misspelled the sentence, I know how to write my name, you felt amused. You laughed a little about it. And then you chose not to correct his spelling in the moment. And... You also made this mental note of, I'm going to deal with this later, which you're currently doing. So good job for carving out time to actually think this through. Um, But then if you wanted to, what we could do if you are interested is what you might call a thought swap. So you could sort of change out your thought of... I have an eight-year-old who doesn't spell well. And you could choose one of these other thoughts that you you mentioned. You said something, and I paraphrase, I don't write as fast as I'd like, but he has age he has age-appropriate spelling right now. Um, I'm glad that he likes writing, even though he doesn't spell well. I want him to think it's not a big deal if he doesn't spell well which I'm going to say, let's dismiss that thought for now. And the reason is because that's more about what he thinks than what you think. We're going to focus on what you think. Um, And maybe another thing is this is a place I don't have to worry about right now. This, Mm -hmm. the misspelling. So I may not have gotten that last one quite right, but I think I've got the sentiment out of No, that was a good shortening for it. So out of those three thoughts that we were talking about do any of those sound like something you would want to sort of hold on to 
Yes. Yeah. I think all three of them, the way you rephrased them, make it well, nice. Let's just and choose one. Let's okay. choose one. So we've got, I'm glad he likes writing, even though he doesn't spell well. Um, this is age appropriate spelling. And this is a place I don't really have to worry about right now. Okay. I'll go with it. I'm glad he likes writing. Okay. So when you think, I'm glad he likes writing, even though he doesn't spell well, how does that make you feel? It shifts it into, wait, there's nothing wrong. He's good at something. Like instead of a con, it's a pro. Instead of a weakness, it's a strength. It's something I can praise him about and okay. feel really good about his educational progress there. Okay. So you, you feel good mm-hmm. when you think that thought. And let me write something down real quick. So you, you feel good when you think, I'm glad he likes writing, even though he doesn't spell well. So when you think, or when you feel good about that, what do you think in the future? Let's say he, you were to go back and revisit that same moment in the fu- future <laughs> where he's misspelling something. What would you do? I think then be similar. Keep the focus on, hey, look, you wrote me a note. You know, you expressed your thoughts. You went above and beyond what the schoolwork required, not, oh, you're a terrible speller. You know, focusing on the positive and not derailing his joy in the moment and his flow with the subject he was currently working on and thinking of it as a place I can build him up and that if it was in the future, probably it's already worked out fine in me <laughs> anyways. Okay. So, so when you're thinking, I'm glad he likes writing, even though he doesn't spell well and you feel good about it, you're now praising him. You're focusing on the positive aspects of what he's working on. You're not derailing him. Which, where do you think that would lead for him? Well, for you, actually. Well, for him, I think he'd just probably start writing more and more. And then for me, I think being able to open up to more creativity, you know, instead of Mm. saying, but it had to be three perfectly spelled sentences, you know, it's more like, that's amazing that you're writing a silly story about that. Do you want to write me another one tomorrow? Or do you want to have a book of silly stories? You know, encouraging that direction, not the perfect grammar expectations Mm -hmm. that I grew up with. Yeah. So do you like this thought? I'm glad he likes writing, even though he doesn't spell well. Is this something you want to hold on to? Yes. Yeah, so so when this comes up in the future, it seems to me that you'll probably feel good in the moment, Mm -hmm. maybe a little at peace. Um, You're going to praise him. You'll focus on the positive things. You won't derail his efforts. You'll build him up. And the result for you is actually that 
you're more creative and open to other ways that he's learning. Mm -hmm. So how do you think this, this thought around this one thing of spelling, how do you think that might flow into other areas of his academics? I think if I tried to remember to use the thought swap technique, I could probably fix a lot because I tend to be a very black and white, check off the box and very academic oriented person myself. And I can tell that some of the kids are not that way. They don't mm -hmm. care for books and or the writing or math isn't their favorite and as a parent wanting to affirm their gifts and be amazed and surprised at what they can do. So I, in a sense, I have to break my own personality programming mold in order to be able to see them fully bloom. So if I can get out of that instead look for, oh, but you're so good at this, you know, that'll help all five of the kids. Yeah, yeah. Well, Alyssa? Our time is up. That's perfect. So we can, let me say this. Thank you so much for being my guest client. And so with that being the end of the actual coaching session, I would like your feedback. How do you feel about that? Did you find it helpful? Is there something I didn't do well? I could have done better in your mind. Yes, that was very helpful. I wasn't sure where you were going at first until you'd collected enough data that you suggested the thought swap and then mm -hmm. it was oh okay this is this is very big this is very transformational um yeah good good i i hope you found it helpful i can i can relate to a lot of what you said i've had these feelings and uh if you'd like, I'll share a short little story of something I did as a mom and I nearly killed my daughter's desire of writing. Sure. Um, so my oldest has, since she was itty bitty, liked to write and like your son did not spell particularly well when she was young. And there was one time where she, she would write these little books and staple them together and they were so cute. <laughs> <laughs> but one time she, I, she was, a, I'm almost embarrassed to admit this, but this thinking thing would have helped me so much. So she brought these drawings and had copied, like there were these words, but everything was spelled so perfect. <laughs> she did draw a lot. And I was like, so did you do this? How did, I don't remember how I phrased it, Alyssa, but I was like, did you copy this? And she's like, no, it, it was obvious to me. She had copied it. And I'm like, so I, my little eight-year-old, I'm like explaining what plagiarism is. <laughs> and you know that I nearly just squashed her desire to write with this one thing. And it, you know, it wasn't necessarily about the spelling per se, but it was around writing. Right. Mm -hmm. And it took so much for me to get her to write again, like so much encouragement. Oh, I miss your little stories. Cause I just like stepped on it and it didn't matter. Why, why did I have to go there? It did not matter at all. 
And so that is a moment, these, these little things you can, in my opinion, you can make, the way you handle these types of moments can make all the difference between whether your children want to keep writing or they don't, or they want to keep doing math or they don't. And I think you did a great thing in the moments. Then this is not Jackie as a coach. This is just Jackie <laughs> giving your feedback, but you did a great thing by just acknowledging the good and, and filing this for, I'm going to think through this. So good job. Thank you. Mama. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. Well, okay. So I honestly love that so much. Would you care if I used it in a podcast episode? That's fine. Yes. You would be. Oh, thank you. So I hope you found this coaching session helpful. And like I mentioned in the beginning of this podcast episode, this was actually my first coaching session with somebody who is not an instructor where I was practicing with or another person who is also going through the coaching certification program. And I don't know Alyssa well. I am only acquainted with her from interviewing her in the past. So while I can clearly pinpoint mistakes that I made and I knew it in the moment, and there are more that with my instructor's help, I have come to understand how I could have done a little bit better job this was still helpful. It was still helpful to Alyssa. And I actually felt that even though there were mistakes made in this session, it could be helpful to you. So one way it can be helpful to you is by just helping you relate. Maybe you're having a similar problem at home. Or maybe in the future, something like this may happen. But this episode may come into your mind and you might deal with that problem more effectively in the moment or in the future if this something similar happens, right? But also, if you have been a little bit confused about what a coaching session might look like, this gives you a really good example of how a coaching session can be super helpful even though I'm still practicing, I'm still learning, and it might not be perfect, but it can be helpful. So I hope that you will take a moment and check the link in the show notes below and sign up for a coaching session of your own. You can do a one-on-one coaching session or you can sign up for a small group coaching session. All right, that's it for this week. Live and learn your way. My name is Jackie, and I am your host of the Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast. Bye-bye. I want to say thank you for listening to the Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, I'd like to ask you to take a moment to follow this podcast and share it with a friend. Remember to check the show notes for a link to the article that corresponds with this podcast episode. In this article, we'll include any links that we mentioned in this episode. And remember that you can search all of the Homeschool Think Tank Parenting Podcast episodes at homeschoolthinktank.com.